Welcome to the Surab Brothers Podcast, a conversation about church, sports, current events, mostly church. Today, our other brother Greg joins us again to talk about snow squalls, why is there a leap day, lessons in multi-site history, and will surge pricing eventually reach churches? Now join me and my brothers Jeff and Greg for today's podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. So glad that all of you guys are joining us today. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be a good one. Although my first question for you, Jeff, is uh, why is Greg on here again? You know, I don't know, um, Chris. Uh, one of us invited him. I don't want to point any fingers, but it was you. Well, I, 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 yeah, I kind of messed up and I thought it was, uh, uh, you know, one of those things where you text somebody and you think it's somebody else and then they answer and you're like, well, can I make this work? Well, that's what happened with Greg. So, but we are glad to have you, Greg. How you doing? What? Why we're glad. No, it's great to be here. I just wanted to let you know that uh, you're going to have to change the name of the podcast. Oh yeah. What, really? What, Why is what's that? it going to be? I don't care, but I'm copywriting Surratt Brothers. Really? That's mm-hmm. going to be problematic because I've actually been um, actually been using your name to book future guests. So uh, there are certain people who think you actually are one of those Surratt brothers. So I don't I don't know how that's going to work out for you. Well, I thought I was. But uh, since I'm not, I'm copywriting the name. You got to go, go with something else. Maybe the, the podcast previously known as the Surratt brothers. Yeah, that's an idea. Or, you know, it's another idea, Chris, was where we preemptively copyright, copyrighted it about three months ago. I think that that probably will work just as well as Greg copyright. I was gonna, what do you I think? I was going to say, I own all the uh, the domains, anything that could be even considered yeah, I, like Bros, Brothers, mm-hmm. Surab Brothers Podcasts. I own all of them. Oh, speaking Maybe of I forgot to explain, I'm copywriting the name Surat. Oh, okay. Well, you can have that one. <laughs> Which, by the way, Chris, good news was Surratt Brothers, Surratt Brothers with or without Greg are now on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So we're everywhere you want to be. And uh, I think you can go to SurrattBrothers.com and find all of our show notes. All right. All of our show notes are there. Why would somebody why would somebody want to do that? Well, there's nothing at SurrattBrothers.com that I know of, but. Well, it points to. Uh, that's not where our show notes are. No, it, oh, does it point back, it to, our back to our show notes? We ought to. So when are the, when are our when are, when are our pre broadcast meetings again? Because I got to get that on my calendar. Yeah, no, we're we're not having those. Okay. All right. So uh, what's up in your world? What's going on? Uh, I'm guessing you're in Denver, where it's cold and snowy. Oh, it's beautiful. Where are you at, Greg? I don't recognize uh, your background there. I'm in my. Um, in my house, actually. Oh, cool. This oh, used nice. to be uh, my um, my man cave office, and then COVID happened, and uh, Debbie moved in, and uh, she never moved out. So, Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. great. You asked about Denver, Chris. It's actually <clears throat> we. So, so, Greg, you grew up, obviously, in Colorado. You're out here a lot. We had mm-hmm. something yesterday I've never seen before. National Weather Service put out a warning of a snow squall. Have you have you ever heard of a snow squall? A snow squall, right? I I don't think I have. No. Uh-uh. So we we had probably two inches of snow 
which is not unusual for February at all. What was unusual is it fell probably in an hour. Like you, you have never, it was like a huge white, like snowball dropped on my house and it was done today. It's in the mid fifties. It's sunny and all the snow's melted. It's, it's actually very beautiful right now. Chris, just about, a thought. Um, I don't know about out there in Hawaii, but here in South Hawaii. Carolina, we don't have snow. Huh? Just call it Hawaii. He did. He did. Hawaii. It's an old. We, we don't have we don't have snow squalls out here. Yeah, no. I was, you don't have Charleston. snow squalls. I was going to say uh, that's a uh, that's foreign to our our area. We do have occasional rain, but no snow snow squalls. No. You know what we don't have here that I think both of you are fairly familiar with. What is that called? Oh, humidity. We don't have humidity. What's the other thing we don't have? Let me think. Let me think. Roaches, bugs of any kind. Yeah, we don't have any of those things. We don't have snakes. What do you do when you get hungry? What do you do when you get hungry? I go out in my backyard and beat one of the deer to death with a club. The deer are tame here. <laughs> so I don't. For our listeners, I have never personally beaten a deer to death with a club. I was going to say, do you want to back that up and we'll edit? Or do you want to you want to stay with that? I know. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. All right. We should. I could. I could, I could right now, I think there's a deer in my backyard as I speak, I could go out and beat it to death with a club. I will not. Right. So it's not going to so happen. So we did, we did say that um, our listener probably doesn't like all the banter that we, that we, the mindless banter. So we should probably move on to uh, some more. To mindful. Are we going to that's mindful actually, banter now? I've, I've listened to all of the podcasts and that's actually the only part I do like. You're the one. <laughs> the one i i knew there was somebody um that's not true we have we have we have a listener in france Ooh. yeah we we should do a we should do an interpretation all right we'll do it all in french so some important couple important things for you guys to talk about um leap day so this week is is, wait, is leap day so this isn't wait i just want to be clear this is no longer banter, is that yeah, right? Yeah, no, we're on to the topics, topics of the day. Okay, okay, um, topic one. Leap day. So this is probably dropping actually on leap day, which is February 29th, which actually shouldn't shouldn't exist because for the rest, for the next three years, there is no February 29th. For those of you who aren't familiar with leap, leap day, those who have birthdays on February 29th talk about, you know, their they're, they're not as old as they actually are. So what I'm curious about is one, why the heck do we have this thing that only happens every four years? And then uh, what are you planning on doing with your, your extra day? You get 24 hours that should not exist. Or am I taking this way too seriously? No, I, I've got a, a couple of things. One, Greg, I think should explain why we have a, a leap day. Because I think it comes from what is called the Gregorian calendar. Correct. And I would assume that that's a calendar that Greg made up one day. So he can explain to us the Gregorian calendar. I do you want know, to I've say, gotten though, credit for a lot of things, but never the Gregorian calendar. That's well, you probably weren't Pope Gregory who came up with it. So we'll leave that alone. I, somebody can explain it. I don't know. It has something to do with the tilt or rotation. Well, the or the science of it is. Yeah, it's something about. It's something about how the earth rotates or something in the moon and all that Man, stuff. You guys and are so good. Something if we like didn't that. have leap day, we'd, our calendar would be You're off. so close. 
right. it takes the right. earth 365.2367 whatever to actually go around the sun. So it's not it's yeah. not exact, so, but it's close. Yeah. So you asked. So us that why. was a that was a gotcha question. That wasn't yeah, exactly. a hey, let's discuss this. That yeah. was I've got the answer. You guys don't, and I'll just yeah. make fun so of you. This is your first time on the podcast. I still think you know how this it, works. I now. still think. All right. I still think. I still think it's a stupid day. Like here, here's what I think, Chris. See if you agree with me. An extra day of February is like extra innings at a Cubs game, mm. like meaningless, worthless. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants more. Nobody wants more February. Nobody wants more Cubs. Or if we were to take that farther, Cubs in September and October. That's true. It's, playing Cubs, Cubs playing baseball in September is like an extra day of February. Like it's not needed. Nobody wants it's it. mood. Couple of thoughts. Couple of thoughts. Anybody can have a bad century, okay? <laughs> and so we've got to we've got to give them that. But uh, the the Cubs are going to be good this year. Is this their year? How the Cardinals do last year? They'll do better this year. The Cardinals do two things: the Cardinals win and the Cardinals rebuild. Last year they rebuilt. Those are the only mm-hmm. two things they do. Okay. Well, how did the Cubs do last year? Were they in the World Series? I I can't remember. I Were they in the World Series last year? So. I, I don't remember. I think they've been in the hey, World Chris, Series. Hey, Chris, here's a story. Here's a story you may not know. Do you remember Bartman? Do you remember the, the Bartman Steve, foul ball? Steve Bartman, yep. Yep. So what you may not know is Greg and I were on the road together. Uh, I think we were going to a campus, a Seacoast campus or coming back. I don't remember. But we stopped because that game was on TV. Do you remember this, Greg? And we oh, stopped in a well. little... We stopped in a little, I want to say sports bar, but it wasn't that. It was a little bitty TV up on the wall in the corner. And we watched that game and we watched Bartman. It was, I, Chris, I can't tell you the joy of seeing the Bartman moment while sitting with Greg in a little dive somewhere between Charleston and Greenville, South Carolina. It was, Let me explain it was a it. highlight of my life. Let me explain it. Only Cubs fans understand this. Uh, as I remember it, it wasn't the last game of the World Series. No. Okay, it wasn't even the last inning um, of that game. No. It wasn't the last inning of that game. Um, but as a Cubs fan, when that happened, and Jeff witnessed this, I said, it's over. It's done. We're going to lose. There's no way. Yeah. And we lost that game, and we lost yeah. the next game with our best pitcher and uh, lost the World Series. But as a Cubs fan, you knew that the Billy Goat curse was in effect in that moment. It's a real thing. And uh, it was over. I experienced, Chris and I talked about this at another, on another podcast. I experienced that with the Houston Oilers against the Buffalo Bills up by 30.2 points at halftime. They pulled Jim Kelly. They put in Frank Reich. He takes them down immediately, scores a touchdown. I turned to my brother-in-law who I'm watching it with. And I said, it's over. The Oilers are going to lose. It's because I had, I had lost, never won a Super Bowl. So I get yeah. the feeling, but I do, I don't want to lose that moment though of joy sitting there with Greg, watching his spirits crushed as Bartman interfered with the foul. Ball. I just wish that you had recorded it in some way so we could have it. Are you guys even Christians? Permanently. And we could roll it every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we 
wait, wait, think about it. Think about it. Which, which, which uh, uh, mascot feels more Christian, the Cubs or the Cardinals? Like, well, I know you're how is birds, the, but I'm thinking. How is the Cardinals a Christian Like thing? bishops, popes, mm. bishops, popes, cardinals. Like That didn't happen until things started there's to no, go downhill, so, right? So non-Protestant. The only church connection with the Cubs, the only God, church connection God with made, the Cubs is, was it Elisha? Was it Elisha who had the, well, the bears, bears eat the, the little bald boys? Guy. Like, that, baldy, baldy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, moving yeah. on, guys. Yep, exactly. Although this is fascinating. And it's always... So that wasn't banter, though, no, it's, right? It, that wasn't banter. It's always fun to watch Greg cry, but we'll get there again. Um, Easter. It is. Easter's coming it is. up. It's uh, the end of this month. Um, you know, as as church leaders, we have gone through a lot of Easter's. And, and obviously, Easter's a very, very important Sunday for us every single year. Um, although we do tend to celebrate our risen savior, hopefully every Sunday, but, you know, taking a special day and dedicating the whole thing is, is important and we should continue making it a big deal. But here's my thought on this and see what you guys think. I know we, we talk about a lot. So just to check you're, I'm sorry, just to check your pro Easter, then that's what you're saying. Who's driving this? You or me? Yes, I'm pro Easter. Okay. I'm sorry. Go um, ahead. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I could mute you from here. Uh, no, but it's the Super Bowl of church, right? We, we say that, like we're building up to it. It's the Super Bowl of church. We bring in, we bring in the, the flying, you know, drummers and we give away cars, uh, to, you know, the first time visitor and, it, you know, and I'm exaggerating, but not. There's churches that actually do that. But we tend to put everything we possibly can into this Sunday. Nothing that we were going to repeat on the next Sunday. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I've heard the statement that uh, uh, what you win them with, you're, you've got to keep them with. You know, so if you're going to give away a car on Easter, you probably should give a car on the other Sundays as well if you want people to, to keep showing up. But our, it is a big deal. I am pro-Easter, but are we taking it too much over the top? Is there a, uh, you know, a line of whatever they call it where it's not as effective as it could be? And should we make every Sunday more like that? Jeff? Yeah, I think this this might be a point counterpoint, Greg. I want to hear, I want to hear what you say, and then we may be we may have a great argument here. We'll see. Well, we've never given away a car, and uh, you know, I don't think that many places have. Some have. I've, I that's interesting. I was in Charleston one um, time when I saw a church that was doing it. I'll just say that it was in your town. It wasn't. It wasn't Seacoast, though. It was not Seacoast. No, clearly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do that, but, uh, you know, if that's what you do, that's what you do. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything, the, the, you know, the emphasis that you're talking about is on how do you reach them, which I think we, that's part of what you do on Easter and people are more inclined, at least in this part of the country to go to church on Easter than they are at other times. So it would make sense to put some effort into an invitation. So I get that. And I get a celebration too. I mean, we're celebrating the climatic 
um, climactic um, event of the of the universe, you know, of of history. Why wouldn't we celebrate well? And so I don't have a problem with celebration, and I don't have a problem with um, leveraging the one day when people are thinking about that. So I don't know that I would give away cars, you know, but teach his own. Yeah, unfortunately, we're probably not far enough apart to be fun. But I will say, um, yeah, I serve at a church now that for Easter, uh, you know, we make sure the building is super clean and, you know, we, we put up new signage and, and we do everything we can to help people invite people uh, to come with them. Because even though Colorado is very unchurched and, and post-church or whatever you want to call it, the one day people might come is is Easter. That's still that's still true. I think it's true everywhere in America. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we definitely emphasize that the service itself um, for the most part, it's the same service we do every week. Like we, we try to make sure we know the words and know the songs and the pastor is pretty well practiced on his message, but it looks pretty similar to the other weeks. I don't think that's more holy than, or less holy or better or worse than the churches who really pull out all the stops. I think you have to be true to who you are and what your culture is. Um, I I do wonder sometimes for churches who go way outside of the box on Easter, where it looks just wildly different than what they would do any other week. If when people come back, they're kind of like, well, that this isn't at all what I thought it was, but I don't know. It, it, it's possible. I guess that's my what about thing. You, Chris, what do you yeah, think? I guess that's my thing is more, and and I, I'm definitely good with making things the best that you can possibly do on Easter because I do agree that is when people. That's why we all do extra services. We add, you know, as many services as we can because we know people are, you know, the CEOs, Christians, uh, or the Christmas Easter and onlys are going to be there, and people hopefully have invited people. Hey, it would be a good idea. Just breaking in a second uh, for pastors listening, uh, let's not insult the. CEOs. Yeah, don't say that on, from the stage. Christmas and Easter. Yeah. 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 That's probably not a good idea. And I agree with that. Don't welcome them from the stage. That That's not good. But in all of that, but I, I do wonder if we put so much into it, you know, we have the 200 voice choir, uh, we have the orchestra, and then you come back the next week and it's a, you know, a piano player and an acoustic guitarist. And it's like, oh, wow, what, what happened you know, that's, this isn't what I came to last week. And that's, that's an extreme version, but I just wonder if we can look at more every Sunday of, Hey, we got to bring our best. You know, we've got people who have never been to church before that are invited. And this, this is, this is almost as good. I mean, this is Easter. Every Sunday is a special day that we've got to bring our best. That's all. That's it. Hey, that's good. This is almost on topic, which is unusual for me. Can I share? Can I share my favorite Easter fail of all time? Please. And Greg, you'll remember I this fail there. really well. Chris will remember this fail as well. So at East, at Seacoast for years, we did a uh, a an Easter production, like a passion play type thing. One of my first years there, uh, I drew the short straw, so I was kind of. I don't know what you'd call it, technical director, maybe helped with special effects and lighting and things like that. And I don't know where this tradition had come from, Greg. Maybe you could explain it better. But at the resurrection, most churches, 
when they would do a passion play, they'd have a resurrection and Jesus would come out of the front of the tomb. But at Seacoast, Jesus would <laughs> would rise out of the top of the tomb, like literally rise out of the tomb, which as the the singer on stage sang, was singing uh, Arise My Love, it somehow matched the uh, matched the tone. I don't know. But this particular year, I'm in charge of the tech. The, 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 the vocal ensemble is singing Arise My Love. They come to the third verse and hit the moment when it's just the big moment, the the, the, the big drop and then boom, arise my love. And this is the moment the smoke is going, the fireworks are going. And this is when Jesus is supposed to come out of it too. And Greg, you want to, you want to share with us what happened at that moment uh, when Jesus was supposedly arising out of the tomb? Well, some, I, as I remember it, um, uh, the, the Jesus character was on a lift. Yeah. It was actually behind the tomb. And uh, at that moment, the lift kind of got stuck, only it didn't stick like halfway up or anything. It would go up and then come back down and go up and come back down and uh-huh. go up. And, and Jesus would get his um, head just barely above the edge of the tomb, and then it would go back down. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. good. It wasn't that a good was, look at all. It wasn't. And so uh, what would normally happen is he would rise on this lift and then he would step off of the lift into the balcony. And then the church had, remember that round staircase kind of half round staircase. And he would walk (laughs) down through the crowd, his hands raised. Well, when he didn't (laughs) rise up, he rose up to about here. And so I yelled, turn out the lights. And then I don't know if anyone's looking, but Jesus climbed up onto climbed the up lift, on the, climbed up onto the edge of the balcony, balcony, threw his yeah. leg over the balcony, <laughs> climbed in, and then stood up. And then we said, hit the light. And there was Jesus with his hands up. Uh, yeah, yeah. My that favorite, was unfortunate. My favorite. That was, I don't think that was the same year. I mean, if we want to talk about Easter fails, we could, we could have a we lot of fun. We should do a whole show on that yeah, one. But, yeah, year one year. One. One year, the guy playing Jesus um, was fairly new in his faith. <laughs> um, and uh, so during the break, he would go out and have a cigarette out out back of the uh, of the stage. And uh, some little kids saw him and uh, it was horrifying. Yeah. And so I had to sit him down and say, you know, um, I don't want to be legalistic. I don't want to be any of that stuff. But you're playing Jesus and in the eyes of little kids, you are Jesus. And so you got to think about, would Jesus smoke a cigarette on the, on the break? And uh, he was great. He, you know, he had never really seen it that way. And right. so he, uh, he was able to abstain during the Christmas production the or the one, Easter the production. Time we did the Ascension and uh, we dangled Jesus behind the speakers that were on the ceiling the speaker up there. Yeah. You could still see like his feet dangling yeah. underneath the yeah. speakers and he was supposed yeah. to, and they were spinning. Yeah. And they were spinning. Yeah. The wire spinning was, around. wire was so spinning. If I remember right. Spinning around yeah. underneath this. Yeah. These are yeah. some of the reasons we don't do these anymore. Yeah. There's one more fail, but I won't share it, but it has no, to do it's with, probably not good. It has to do yeah. with the garments, the actor wore. The, yeah, the diapers, no, I wouldn't share that one. We'll share that at another time. The diaper story? Well, no. we just won't share it. No, well, there's another. We won't we'll, share we'll, it. We'll do a whole that's show on that time. sometime. That's that's fun. That's good. But let's. Uh, we'll do. 
We'll do Surratt Brothers podcast outtakes. How's there that? There you go. So, uh, Jeff, we should take a minute and thank our sponsor. Talk about our sponsor. We have a sponsor. Somebody likes us enough that they want to sponsor us. It's intentionalreach.com. And we talked a lot about it last, last podcast, but these guys are amazing. They take uh, anything that's audio, video. Um, they specialize in sermons. Uh, I know they've done uh, uh, transcripts for Seacoast for several years and for other churches, but they'll take anything that you've got in audio or video, and they will turn it into a really well done transcript. And I'm not talking about like you can get these automatic, like Zoom will do it for you, and you get a lot of the the us that we tend to put into conversations and sentences that run together. And um, they take it, they they fix the grammar. They make it look good. They don't change any of the the ideas from it or theology or anything like that, but they do a good job. We talked last time, Jeff, they fixed one of your messages, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And Greg, I I was thinking about too. I will have to go back if they were doing, they did, they did Seacoast transcripts for a while. I remember one time when you, I believe meant to say the word well, and it might've come out sounding more like hell, and if they did that transcript, they would have fixed that for you. It would have it would have said well on the transcript. So it's cool. Yeah, thanks you, for thanks for bringing that up. It, I appreciate that. Happy to. But they make us better than we really are. Go ahead. They do, and they're great. And they're just not not just for sermons for anything, but anything you've got that you want to put text on and uh, search engines. That's what they like is text on websites. So they're a great benefit for that. But anyways, just for four about four hundred dollars a month. Uh, it's an easy way to uh, to jump into that. So if you want to give it a try, if you want to check it out, go to intentionalreach.com, hit get your transcripts today. All right, intentionalreach.com. Now, here's the main thing we want to talk about. Uh, we thought this would be fun. Uh, let's talk about multi-site. So all three of us, we're, uh, we're all together at Seacoast when we uh, – decided to try out this new thing called multi-site that hardly anybody else knew what it was or were even trying it. I think if I remember right, it was 2002 when we launched, uh, first camp. Was it, was it 2001? 2001. We launched the, mm -hmm. the cafe to the, or the one next door in 2001. The annex. Yeah, oh, sorry. So we go longer than that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so we go way, way back. Uh, obviously, no, the reason I know the reason I know it was 2001 because Greg's first book, The Multi-Site Church Revolution, oh, yeah, that was good. talks about that launch. And uh, Greg was very careful about the dates when he wrote that book. So That's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed that book. I worked hard That's on a it. Great book. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I think thanks, it Greg. was your best. Thanks, Greg, for writing that. Um but anyway, so we've been around multi-site for a long time, over 20 years. Um, I think all three of us, well, Greg, you're still at Seacoast. I'm now at Harvest, a multi-site church. Jeff, you guys just launched a brand new campus this past Sunday. So your church is multi-site. And, you know, nowadays it's just, it just exists. I mean, you just see multi-sites everywhere. If you see a large church written up, there's a good chance that it has more than one site. And there's different models for doing that. But what we thought would be fun is let's look back a little bit at the beginning. What, what the heck were we thinking? Um, you know, and some lessons we learned, what, what's it look like now? What are churches doing? And then what do we think the future may look like when it comes to multi-site? So let's start with going back, Greg, if I remember right, you were the one who said we were out of room. 
we were having lots of services. The town had just shut us down from building a new building. And you, 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 as you say it, you close the blinds, you turn on some country music and God spoke to you in an audible voice that said multi-site. Is that how it worked? Not quite, but it's, you know, it's close. Okay. <laughs> I did close the blinds and turn on country music just because I was so discouraged about, um, you know, what, what do we do now? Have no idea what we do now. And, um, the story is actually, um, I began to research a little bit and I had been to, um, a conference somebody was doing in Colorado, um, I don't even remember who it was. It might've been, I don't know who it was, but they had a breakout session with Larry Osborne and he was talking about video venues that he was doing. And and there were like three people in the breakout session. You know, nobody was interested in it at all, including me. And, but when this happened, the town, I thought, Hmm, I wonder if, or if there's anything to that. And then, um, I had uh, heard about a, a church in Rockford that was doing uh, old Willow Creek tapes. Uh, they, I'll tell you how old it was. Um, but um, they didn't even have a lead pastor, and but they were doing like old tapes, old, old Willow Creek services. And then Willow Creek was experimenting with what they called an offsite. And that's really all I knew about it. So, Hopped in an airplane, uh, went to those three places in one weekend and came home and sat down with uh, Jeff, as I remember, right? <laughs> and here's here's my recall of that conversation is I said, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, because it was kind of a, rather than a collaborative thing at that point, I'm just thinking it through why you would react the way that you did. It's kind of like Moses went to the mountain and came back with an idea without really talking to anybody about it. And I said, here's what I want to do. Let's, let's rent a space somewhere and put a band in there. And um, then let's, let's play video. And we didn't think we needed a kid's stuff or anything like that. And, um, and uh, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do something like this. (laughs) And Jeff was so supportive. I think his words were, that's the stupidest idea I think I've ever heard. And yeah, my recollection is pretty much the same, which, by the way, just for trivia, do you happen to remember the date that you were going to come back from Chicago when you'd made that tour? This is this was 20, uh, 23 years ago. And I was wrong, Chris. We opened in 2002. You That's were what right. I thought, because I was thinking uh, was about what you're about to talk yeah, about. It's 23 years ago. Greg, do you remember the date you were coming well, back from Chicago? The What you're talking about was even just a little bit later. I I don't think that was the exact same, but we had a meeting in Chicago on September 11th, 2001. I remember that. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So anyway, you, you, we had been talking about this idea because we didn't know what else to do. Right. There was, we couldn't open another building. We were doing, I don't remember how many services, four or five, six services a weekend. Um, And so we kind of kicked around, is there, is it possible to have more than one location? So I don't think I've really shared this with you, Greg, but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a preach more because I was one of the teaching team and I thought, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I'm going to preach more. And you came back from this tour and said, yeah, we're going to do the multi-site thing and we're going to do it with preach, me preaching on video. And I think my exact words were to you is it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
I yes. don't even really like listening to you live in person. Why would yes. anyone want to watch you on a screen? Why would um, anybody go somewhere and watch you on a screen? That was, I believe that was something like that. that was, some, something like that. So, so then so you supportive. said, so supportive. you said some things that we'll put in the outtakes later, but at the end of that conversation, you said, you know what, Andy Stanley right now at North point, they didn't have Buckhead or offer or, or Brownsbridge or anything else. They're doing live in one auditorium and they're doing video in another auditorium. Why don't you take some people, go down there, watch that, come back. I mean, you were going to do it anyway, but see what you think when you go down there. So we went down and it's funny. It was a terrible experience. I'm just being honest. It was a terrible experience. Uh, the technology had not yet caught up with what North Point wanted to do. And so we're sitting in this auditorium, huge screen, comes on, pictures kind of blurry, projectors a little dim. And my immediate reaction was, yep, I was right. Nobody's going to watch this. This is terrible. About five minutes in, I thought, you know what? This Andy guy is pretty good. And I really don't care that he's not literally standing on that stage. I'm connected to what he's talking about. Here, Here's kind of a funny thing. You fast forward 22 years later, we launched uh, the church I work for. We launched our third location last weekend. And we had a guy in the church who had just been against it, against it, against it. He said that video teaching thing, it's not going to work. There's no way I'm going to like it. And our location pastor said, just come, just come, just come. Afterwards, he said, you know, it's the craziest thing. I sat there for about three minutes. And then I thought, you know, I don't really care. The pastor's not in the room. I enjoy listening to my video. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I know. but you, And again, I don't want to get off track, but I've spent years having this argument. Video teaching is not multi-site. Some multi-site churches utilize video teaching, but people get the conflated. One, video teaching is not multi-site. And second, bad, <laughs> sorry, but bad video teaching doesn't work anywhere. Effective teaching on video, we've seen it work. The three of us yeah. have seen it work in pretty much every environment. We've, I mean, from... California to Denver to South Carolina to India to England to you know on and on and on we've seen it work. since we're remin I still reminiscing I just have to I still chuckle because I still get people I had one just the other day that said yeah that's great um, that'll work in Charleston but it will it just won't work in our culture right. <laughs> well you might be right well, I, I don't I'm, know I'm right. on an island in the middle of uh, the Pacific Ocean and we do video teaching every week and. It's working. My reminiscent, since we're reminiscing, my my memories on it is that I embraced it from moment one. I said, this is going to be <laughs> the future of the church. I can't believe I get to be a part of this. Really? Yeah, really. Really? No, I, I, I think I had. I don't remember. I that. was third in this because you did tell Jeff first because uh, you like him better. And you didn't know I existed yeah. as your brother, I think. But then I found out yeah. through, uh, you know, other people. And my job at the time was to provide the music. I was ahead of the band. I was the director of the music. And I, and, and I thought, why? I don't want to put together another. How am I going to put together another band for this thing over there that's in this room that sounds terrible? How are we going to even recruit worship leaders? You know, I, I don't want to do that. That was yeah. my attitude. And I remember the first worship leader that did that was Nate Davis. Um, 
Nate at uh, the time yeah, at the hands, we weren't yeah. letting him on the main stage for whatever reason. And so we said, let's stick Nate over there and, you know, and he'll deal with it. And of course, Nate's one of your main worship leaders now, 22, 22 yeah. years later, but yeah. So I, I you know, that's, inter- it's, it's interesting, Chris, the, the, the one phrase I never heard early on was, gee, that's a great idea. <laughs> it just, there wasn't, there wasn't anybody saying it was a great idea, no. but I was, we were desperate. I won't say I, we were desperate. Um, what, what do you do? I mean, the rules are you got to have church in one building. You can have multiple services. And we saw two things. I'm fighting a dog right now. If you wonder what I'm doing, but, um, the, uh, two things, uh, we were just exhausted from doing that many services. And secondly, the more services you did live in that building, the diminishing return there was on the effort of doing it. In other words, it got further and further from like primetime hours and people just didn't come. And yeah. so I thought we're doing this. <laughs> Nobody thought it was a good idea. Nobody. I remember a conference we hosted early on in the multi-site days and, and a couple of several pastors from other churches came and they toured the, what was the annex at that time, uh, our offsite, our first offsite and looked at some of the other things we were doing. And I remember unanimously, I'm saying, it's a dumb idea. I don't know why you're doing, it'll never work. And every one of them lead a very large multi-site church. Now, <laughs> some of them doing multi-site the best in the world. Like they, some of the largest <laughs> churches in the world were yeah, saying that at that exactly. time. And, and making fun of mocking me, my own friends mocking me. Imagine we'll never that. do that. All right. So, Imagine so that. Uh, it was a stupid idea. I think we all agree um, at the beginning. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, you know, God uses stupid ideas. He uses donkeys. He uses Greg, you know, so it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, you oh, got me was, on that one. That you was good. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Greg wrote a great, <laughs> Greg wrote a great book off of it called Jesus, or the Multi-Site Church Revolution. Anyway, so let's move to today and look a little bit at the future. Where, what are you guys seeing out there that's innovative or you didn't think that this would be how multi-site would work at the time? Um, I, you know, back then, um, I, I didn't think that speakers at every site would be a great idea because I thought, well, you got to, you got to use the video thing. And we see great churches like community Christian in Chicago that have done it forever that way and other churches. But what, what are some of the, the things you're seeing now that's innovative, that's kind of breaking barriers? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the, the in-person speaking thing. Uh, one thing that I think is interesting, Greg, and you have much more insight into this, but your friend uh, Rick Bizet in Arkansas they have, I think, 20 campuses or more, probably more now. And I think there's more than 20,000 people that attend. And if I if I remember right from talking to Rick, that's in-person teaching at almost almost every weekend, most weekends. Um, is is that the case, Greg? They, they, they do in-person teaching, right? Yeah, uh, for the most part. Um, and But they do, uh, and I might be, you know, Rick, Rick is one of these guys that he – He's, he comes up with new ideas, so who knows what he's doing today. But what what he uh, was doing, at least last time I spoke there, is they would do a little clip of the Saturday night service that was uh, video so that they all kind of were a part of it. You, you know what I mean? In other words, they might do one point or 
one, hey, Pastor Rick's going to give us an illustration right now. And that would kind of tie it together. So as far as a hybrid model, um, theirs is is very interesting uh, in that regard. Yeah, I love that. I, did, I didn't realize they were doing that. That's I think that's that's fascinating. You know, one model, Greg, we saw early on, Chris, we saw early on that I I haven't seen take off. And that's the um, how do you, I, I, I don't. I don't know what to call it. I think we called it simulcast, but it's where you'll have worship where you'll have a band on each stage and then they'll, they'll, uh, you know, two stages, 10, 20 miles apart. And the worship leader on, on one stage will lead one song, worship leader on another stage will lead the other song. So concurrent worship, that's what they North called Lynn it. Northland was doing and that way back in the day. North Point, a church distributed in Orlando was one of the early ones. Uh, uh, Woodman Valley here in uh, Colorado and Colorado Springs was one of the, early ones. I, I'm not aware of that really spreading. I did. I haven't seen that particular. I don't know model. that. that anywhere. It, it, That's interesting though. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a, I think it's, it, it, my opinion is a cool concept. Um, but that, that would be two things hard to pull off and hugely expensive, you know, because yeah. you've got to have, um, you got to have technology that's pretty intense in order to pull that off. I would. Well, think, I remember so. when Life Church. I heard about Life Church using click tracks to make sure that they got to the right moment so they could basically go live with the other campuses, mm -hmm. and that was that was just wow. And now, I mean, that's how Harvest does it every single Sunday, and I'm sure other churches and you guys probably do at Seacoast. But yeah, that was such a technological barrier that broke that I think every church is use, uses now. Mm -hmm. I think live is interesting too. Live, live. The first time I met Craig Rochelle, you guys were there. We were in a leadership network cohort and uh, Life Church hosted at their Edmonton campus. And they had just the weekend before, for the very first time, deployed satellites to all of the satellite dishes, and they had gone live for the very first time. So it's the first time I met I met Craig, and I just said, "Man, I bet go I bet the satellites and going live was a huge impact this past weekend." And he said, "You know, the funny thing is, is I had several people come up to me and say, I didn't know we weren't live already, and yeah. so and I know they have for the most part gone away from." live, live teaching where you're in the moment. That was another thing, Greg, you remember, and Chris, I'm sorry, yeah. early on, that was like, oh, we've got to get to live. We've got to get to live if we're using video. And I, I just don't see that as a, as a, well, what happened as I remember, and I'm going to, I'll blame me for this whole deal. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of backing up from that. We're talking about, you know, that, I came home with an idea and I did come home with an idea, but that's about the, 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 it for my uh, input, you guys crushed it and figured it out and, and uh, made it work. Uh, but um, I think the numbers were, we grew from 2000 to 10,000 people using last week's recorded videos. Mm -hmm. Right. So the only place it was live was in the broadcast campus and everywhere else. It was a week delayed, including, I mean, 15 minutes away and we grew phenomenally, but we went to a, a almost live. Um, I don't know what you call it. I, I don't even know how they do it today, but I know we start 
two minutes early at the broadcast campus. They start two minutes late at the um, campuses. And then there's, you know, uh, they, they, some of them delay it a lot, whatever. I, I don't know how it works, but anyway, um, the, the reason that we went to almost live was not because uh, we thought we could grow more. It was because I wanted to be live to everybody. It was a, it was a neurotic, probably not a good idea, but just the idea of, Hey, they're out there and they're live. That's cool. Not cool, but that's what I want. I want to be talking to all the people at the same time. And that's um, not a good idea. I mean, it, it didn't like propel our growth to, in a you know phenomenal way at all. I will say I was yeah. uh, I pastoring one of the campuses that stayed a week delayed, even when the other campuses went you know same week at least. And we, every week we would have somebody visit from the Charleston and go. I saw that one last week. Eh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Social media has also made some of the week delay stuff hard because um, everything's instant, instant online. You talked about what's innovative. I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of Things that I'm fascinated with. I was with the church in Florida a few weeks ago, and they're they're one of those they're one of the churches there in a small town, and they're reaching a lot of other small towns, and that's kind of their whole thing. They don't ever plan to go to a big city. They don't ever plan to have huge sites, but they're the only people planting in small towns in North Central Florida, um, and they're planting campuses of their original site. I don't know that it's. And I'm not saying that's cutting edge, innovative. Nobody ever thought of it. I just think there's a ton of potential there. I'm in Colorado. Both of you guys are familiar with our mountain towns and we have tons of mountain towns and I can count. I haven't been to every mountain town, but I can count on one hand the thriving churches that I've encountered in the mountains. I'm fascinated with what does uh, effective multi-site look like among mountain towns in Colorado. Uh, The church I'm working at, we've, we've had some people come in and, and uh, great, brilliant pastors that are doing multi-site models. And they've said, well, you know, our auditorium, we just opened a new auditorium about six months ago, and it seats 500 people. And we can't ever build a bigger auditorium because of, of restrictions of the land that we're sitting on. And so we've had several pastors say, oh, you got to go get a bigger box. You've got to go, you know, build a 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 seat auditorium because you'll never be able to fund or or resource the multi-site model that you have if you don't have a large sending body to do that with. And we're all kind of similar. If you tell me you can't do that, then that's exactly the only thing I want to do. Um, Greg, I don't know if you remember at the, at the first uh, cohort meeting that we did with Leadership Network around multi-site, you mentioned yeah. Larry Osborne. Larry was there and Larry stood up and said, the one place you can't do multi-site is in a movie theater. Movie theater. It doesn't work it. in a movie theater. It doesn't work yeah. in a movie theater. And then we all turned to each other and said, we're only doing movie theaters. Yes. And I think, I think Chris, we were in six or eight movie theaters at the same time at one yeah. point. And it wasn't because it was holy. It's because Larry said we couldn't do it. Back to my long and boring story. So we are really uh, where I'm at trying to figure out this idea of a multi-site model without a large sending site so that all all sites wind up in the end somewhat similar size and we're not there but uh i'm you know maybe it's the perverse part of me or maybe it's the interesting different kind of model 
but uh, that's kind of what we're pursuing right now. One of the lessons I've learned is never say that won't work. It just, yeah, through the years, I'm uh, so many times. I'm, I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. That's a problem I have. And I'll go to my grave that way, but I'm sitting here right now and I have $2,500 worth of equipment and it's as good a picture as you can find anywhere. Um, and lighting and all of that, $2,500, which what I'm saying is that's not a lot in the big scheme of things. And I'm asking, why couldn't you, in an environment like this, figure out how to do multi-site where that's your investment and you uh, you go from there? And uh, I remember... At, in some of the meetings that we had with some of these churches when we were in leadership network together, they would put, they would make us do an exercise that limited money. You know, like you, you can't spend X number of dollars and you've got to have six campuses. How are you going to do it? And that always brought out creativity. And uh, so, um, like, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of thoughts on that, but we're probably about out of time. Well, Seacoast became famous for the $75,000 campus, right? We could start any campus anywhere, $75,000. Yeah. And we we'll did. Put in the, we'll put a, in the show notes a link to a video you showed several years ago. It's an old TED Talk called Embrace the Shake, which is just mm-hmm. so helpful on 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 that. Hey, let me show. I know we're running out of time. I, one more thing on innovative. Greg, you probably don't even remember this encounter, but it was last summer. We were in uh, Buena Vista for a retreat. You were there and Mm -hmm. some other guys were there and you were walking down the street and I yelled at you to come over to meet a friend of mine who pastors in Buena Vista. And we just real quickly talked about, hey, could, would it be possible to use Seacoast worship at his church sometime? And you know, you were great. You were very gracious and said, yeah, well, this weekend he is headed to the pastors and wives retreat that's being hosted in Seattle by the uh, uh, pastors collective. And yeah. at his church, they're showing Seacoast worship this weekend and they do it fairly frequently. I think there is tremendous opportunity. Chris, oh. you talked about multi-site. One of the biggest challenges is multiplying the music. Yep. And yeah. I think that we have access to amazing music and please, please, please don't everybody call Seacoast and say, can we, I, I got a hookup with the uh, friends and family discount and they're doing it for free and with permission. And we're figuring out all the legalities. It's all going to be legal, but I think there is some real potential there. I'm oh, sorry. Driver, Chris. Yeah. I have thought that for a long, long, long time that even the worship doesn't have to be, live in the place. And, you, guys, uh, so. you guys remember, hey, can I give a principle? Real? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, let me just give a principle real quick that we learned from our mentor, Byron Davis. And that's the idea of, of low cost experiments. And we did two low cost experiments years and years ago using worship via video. And we found it effective. And now it's just, I, my, my encouragement is if you want to innovate, whether it's multi-site or anything else in church, Figure out a way to do low cost experiments, no harm, no foul when it bombs terribly. And we could mm-hmm. do a whole podcast on things that bomb terribly. Mm-hmm. And yet you'll find that one thing that works, run with that one. So yeah, yeah it, that's a great idea. Marketing principle I read about that's similar to that is bullets before cannonballs. So just shoot as many bullets as you can, figure out which ones work, turn those into cannonballs and um, 
and, and go big on it. Uh, I just, you guys remember when holograms was going to be the next, next thing, like you were going to hologram in the, the pastor and, and, and then we were all like, that's way too creepy. You know, I think AI could be a little bit of that next iteration because you could easily, you know, where it's going, you could use AI to spread uh, video and sermons and, and all that stuff. And we're out of time. So we got to finish this. But one thing that's interesting is watching some of these churches that churches that grew really big now are spinning their campuses off. I'm thinking like village church, uh, Matt Chandler's church and uh, several other ones that have, you know, built a very large organization, but decided that's not for us anymore. And, you know, what are the questions that you ask before you get to that point? But yeah. But we are out of time, so I want to wrap this up. I want to thank IntentionalReach.com again. Uh, real quick, we don't have a lot of time, but crazy headline of the week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Wendy's is going to start doing surge pricing like Uber does, uh, like uh, different places. So my question is, what's coming next? Maybe grocery stores, church tithing? Do you think, Jeff, we might get to where we have surge tithing? No, I think I, where it's already there. I think as a church leader, write this down for Easter. Give 2% off tithe if someone will attend a Saturday Easter service. There's your surge pricing right There's there. There's your takeaway. Chris, I'm going to uh, eat at Wendy's even less than I do currently. So, <laughs> I, I was going to say any Wendy's near a Chick-fil-A has no surge. So I don't know yeah. how they're surging <laughs> their prices. Here's how I benefit. I, I eat like an old man. I eat at like 430 and nobody else eats at 430, I'll get the low surge pricing. I'll get the non-surge. There you so go. There you go. All right. Perfect. Thanks again for joining us. Please follow us on whatever platform that you use. Like us, comment, share. If you go on Jeff's Facebook, he's asked for a suggestion of uh, guests and topics. And I did not see Greg's name anywhere on that, which is kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know, actually. I did have several people ask if Greg would come there on, were which tells me they're not listening because Greg has been on three times yeah. now. Most, most of them. I just don't want to be a regular. I want to be kind of irregular. He wants to be yeah, the special well, guest. We could go into that. I think we're all on the same page. We think you're irregular as well. Mom always said she, he was special, <laughs> so he's our special guest. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.